Welcome to the third annual Oscar Music Show presented by Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, and joining us tonight, we have Money Mikey Tiller. Say hi, Mikey. Hello. Corey Kylo Ren memes. Hello there. Brett, BK, Babyface Brett. Hi. <laughs> and Josh. General Kenobi. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Brett, that was the most unenthused hi. Like, Brett wants a goddamn proper introduction. He doesn't just want to say hi. No, that's all right. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Brett's got shit to do, but let's we've got shit to do. Let's go in and just go ahead and play our first track, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away by Randy Newman. Josh, are you happy to be doing the uh, Oscar music show again? As Randy Newman plays, I will just say that, yes, this is one of my favorite shows of the year. It's not that I do a bunch of pre-work or that I even pretend to know that much about music. It's just that uh, it really fits our format, the podcast format, listening to some music, listening to some dudes talk, chilling out with the guys. It's the best. It's definitely going to be our second strike uh, on SoundCloud. Uh, Fuck those guys. But... (laughs) I mean, maybe now's a good time. <laughs> What's going on over there? Uh, it's it's a mess. All right, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> ah, Pappy, come on, tell the tell the people what's up because it's some BS. We got a strike on our into uh, the Spider Verse episode. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but this song's. I want to give some credit to Randy <laughs> Newman. Brett, do you do you like Randy Newman? Are you a fan? Yeah. I had to listen to uh, one of his albums for my Rolling Stone 80s list, and it was a lot better than I thought it would be. So he's pretty cool. He sounds like a cartoon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, he's great in the major league. Look, I think his, his songs are better than his voice, for sure, like <laughs> overall. Yeah, I'll, look, I'll take that. 20-time Oscar nominee, Jeez. Randy Newman. At least two-time winner. I, mean, I can certainly see how he's acceptable by people. Does he really have like a traditional music career, or does he just do movie stuff? No, definitely traditional. Uh, I can only think of movie stuff. I think he was pretty big in the eighties. Uh, I love L.A. It was a big. I think it's probably his biggest hit. Uh, Dixie Flyer, but that's that's fading out. Uh, next up, uh, the next nominated song we have is "I'm Gonna Love Me Again" from Rocket Man. Music by Elton John, lyrics by Bernie Taupin. Oh my boy, Bernie Taupin. But yeah, so on SoundCloud, they took down our end of the Spider Verse <laughs> track and gave our account a strike. And I'm I'm fine with the fact that they took down the strike the account, but like or the track. But like we've been customers of SoundCloud for many years. We've gotten lots of good engagement on SoundCloud. We've met lots of friends on SoundCloud. To just indiscriminately give an old track a strike with no like recourse of appeal, even though it was clearly fair use and we barely used 15 minutes, seconds of the track. It, it seemed a little bit unfair, Josh, to your, your question earlier. I think with everything we know about fair use laws and how we are legitimately talking about that movie and its soundtrack... You should be able to play a clip from that song and it seems like universal deployed an algorithm that just like ticked us so 
if uh, the feed goes down for a couple days, just know that Pappy especially is working really hard behind the scenes uh, with some other plans, like Plan B and C, right? Uh, it's no. If you don't listen, if you listen on SoundCloud, stick with us. We'll find another place where you can listen. But like any other platform, you shouldn't be affected. I'll make sure of of that. But that is the most fair of fair use, though. I mean, you guys don't like really abuse it. Like I've seen other people do, and like I've tend to do. Don't that I've done myself. But anyway, well, to to not abuse fair use on Ellen John Corey. What do you think about this song? I'm gonna love me again. You guys hear the Generationals? Have you heard of that group? <laughs> I don't know. But, no, uh, I don't like Elton John style music a whole lot. Like it's not really my mm. thing, but I appreciate the song for what it is. And um, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll have to go back to my list, but I think I picked this one for what I think is going to win best original song. I think it's decent for what it is, but it's really not my style. Yeah, it's just uh, repetitive. I love Elton John, so... I also love Elton John, but... I wouldn't... I mean, the thing of it is, Brett, like, Elton John's so good, this isn't in his top 25 songs, probably. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Definitely not. But I like Taron Edgerton, and watch it, after watching the movie, it's kind of cool to, oh. to hear them both sing. How was the movie? I haven't seen it yet. It's a fun movie. Uh, he's really good in it. It's... If you're looking for historical accuracy, this is not it, but... They don't try to make it like that, like Bohemian Rhapsody did. It's supposed to be kind of like a rock opera acid trip movie. What a great idea. I mean, it is to some degree, too. It, like, it pulls that off, I think. But at the same time, I came out of that movie, Rocket Man, saying, like, I think I'm done with musician biopics for a while. <laughs> because they're all the fucking same. Even this one, which is a little bit different, is ultimately the same. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's accurate. The only thing it's not accurate is when the songs came out, but, like, they never pretended. Really early on, they kind of made it pretty obvious that they weren't following that timeline. Yeah. But yeah, they are very similar. A lot of these rock stars live the same life, man. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, a lot of drugs. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and fade uh, our friend Elton out there. Uh, next up, we have a uh, favorite of the podcast, Diane Warren. Uh, Josh ripped on her relentlessly last year on the music show. Let's go ahead and hit play on her nominated song, I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Do you remember that, Josh? She's been nominated like 11 times or 20 <laughs> times or something. 10-time nominee, zero wins. Uh, Josh was really railing on uh, any kind of female empowerment power ballad uh, last year. It was really... Really edgy stuff. Wow. I can't believe you just called me an edge lord. That really hurts, <laughs> more or less. But that's so not Josh. It's not. I'm just kidding, obviously. But do you do you like this song better, Josh? It's the same song. I mean, <laughs> and I don't want to say all that stuff again. But man, this just isn't my cup of tea. What can I say? It's. Josh gonna hate it again. I'll give you some spoiler alerts if you haven't heard the song before. It's gonna get louder and more intense, and she's gonna wail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell but yeah. Don't you know so that? this is one of those uh, like Christian movies. Like, what's the name of the studio yeah. that's doing all those? I don't know. I re- it's definitely a Christian movie. I, I read the plot. Did you guys end up seeing this one? Was it good? No, I have not yet. 
No. I never really give those I movies think, a chance, so they could be good for all I know. I just never see them. I think Brady's going to want to watch it, so... It was, like, a very um, serious trailer. Like, every time I was in the movie theater and saw the trailer, it just, like, totally killed the vibe of whatever I was trying to watch. It's like, <laughs> all right, now have fun with uh, Toy Story 4 after watching this kid fall through the ice. And right, because, like, it's about he's in a hospital, and it's, it's very traumatic yeah. and all that, right? Yeah, he falls in between the ice, and he's in there for 15 minutes, and he goes into a coma. Franklin Entertainment, I think is the... Terrible, terrible name, studio name. His name's Franklin, but oh, it's a Fox 2000 Pictures subsidiary or whatever. So whatever. So ultimately, Disney. Yes, definitely Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of Pure Flix. Different thing, I think. Let's see. She's written. Nothing's gonna stop me. Now. These are the nominated songs that uh, Diane Warren has written. Nothing's gonna stop me now because you love me. Jane. How do I love? I don't wanna miss a day. <laughs> no. Music How do I live by Conair? There you'll be. I'm again grateful till it happens to you. Stand up for something. This is into our canon now. I'll fight, and I'm standing <laughs> with you. So third year in a row that we've covered her. I don't like any of those songs. And not only is it the same as all those songs, there's another song about standing in this year's Oscar-nominated <laughs> music list. <laughs> That's a good point. Let's 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 fade this out and let's uh we're not quite there yet, but let's get to a movie that we did cover already on the podcast, Frozen Two, uh Into the Unknown. So this is Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. They we've covered them a couple of times. They won for Let Remember It Go, me? and they won for Remember Me. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. Brett. So, but me, Oscars and spoils spoilers royalty here. But I won't. Some look for trouble, while others don't. I mean, Idina Manzel is a pretty good singer. Josh, thoughts? <laughs> Does she just wail? <laughs> <laughs> this this song tells a story so just in that of itself kind of brings me into it a little bit more and you want to hear what's happening and like that little voice ah woo ah woo or whatever like, <laughs> 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 that's uh, very mysterious in the movie so I like the callback who, okay who all has seen Frozen 2 I did Josh did Mikey no. Brett? No, I was supposed to see it today, but I'm not going to be able to. Corey? No, sir. So, Josh, they picked the wrong song, though, right? Isn't Show Yourself a much better song? We talked about it on the podcast, how they probably weren't going to nominate it because it's kind of borderline LGBTQ stuff. <sighs> well, as you say that, I'm to the part where she's hitting that real high note and... Uh. Uh, my girls have several toys that play the song, and yes, just for that reason, I kind of wish they would have gone for a more even keel song. Is that other song even more even keel? Would you even say, or is that just as intense? I, I think it's even it's bigger. Yeah, it's it's the same writing team, Dina Menzel again. But what what makes you think that that song is better or more quality than this one? She half the song, she's just like talking. Yes, a lot of these songs you can tell are just meant to be listened to with visuals. I mean, there's just a lot of 
I don't know. We'll get into, like, the Little Women one. It's just, like, you're supposed to be visualizing women running around or, I don't know, the Joker one, 1917. You're supposed to be, like, visualizing stuff at the same time. You're supposed to visualize women running around? <laughs> really tiny women. Like Benny Hill? Yeah. Women running around like Baywatch? You can just tell that, I don't know, a lot of these are... The lyrics are just kind of not that great. The I'm Gonna Love You Again, that was five minutes of the exact same lyric over and over again. You're supposed to be watching Elton John do a dance scene. I don't know. So basically this is not your favorite year in music? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these aren't songs that I would ever listen to either way. I I mean, movie soundtracks aren't always the best, most catchiest tunes. Let's uh let's go ahead and fade out that. But I agree with you, Mikey. Like last year, we had you know like all of the stuff from uh, Star Is Born was like a legitimate pop hit. I don't think yeah, any of these songs played. Same with the one from Black Panther. Like that was a jam too. Like they have some good jams last year that you'd hear. Like yeah, stuff that would actually to. be on the radio. Mm. Yep. This is this one. This last one actually probably is my favorite. It's stand up from the movie Harriet, which I did not see. Uh, performed by Cynthia. Irv, Irvio? Arivo? Arivo? Stand up! <laughs> <I> stand! <laughs> Was this movie considered good? I didn't see it. We're gonna watch it soon. I didn't really hear anything about it either. It's got a, a couple nominations, at least maybe two, maybe three. I heard only good things. I heard a pretty crazy rumor, but it, it's so stupid, but I think it's true they were gonna have like julia roberts play Harriet tubman or something <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and like yeah. that is just beyond you're just asking for so much trouble it's so bad especially julia roberts i know just in case scarlett johansson i should have got her <laughs> she's the best at that i do what i can when i can while i can for my people you like this song josh while the clouds roll back in the sky. Yeah, I do actually. It's the second favorite to win the Oscar. So basically, the way that this looks, or the way that this looks like it's working, is that I'm gonna love me again is the uh, one and ten. Like if you have to bet ten dollars to win one uh, on once on Skybet, four to one, eight to one, the overwhelming favorite. This is the second favorite. If you bet $1 and it wins, you'd win 7 uh, Into the Unknown, 1 in 10. I can't let you throw yourself away, 25, and I'm standing with you, the least likely, 1 in 33. So, with that, Man, you said that so backwards, but that's right. Wow, well, okay, how do you say it? I'm not, I'm not a if gambler. It's, it's like 33 to 1. If it's 33, 33 to 1, yeah. And then like the favorite is 1 to 10. So, so I'm going to love me again, 1 to 10. I'm standing with you. 40 to 1. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. So, Brett, what's your favorite and what do you think is going to win? You're not beholden to uh, keep this on our pick show coming up soon, but... Uh, Actually, I kind of liked Into the Unknown just because it was... But, I mean, I also like Elton John, so I'll say that's probably going to win. I know it's not like uh, going out on a limb or anything. They're all just okay. None of them are great. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think I'm gonna love me again. It's just such an overwhelming favorite that I think it's gonna win. But like I said, stand up's probably my favorite. 
Uh, Corey, how about you? I think it's actually pretty good. It's kind of a nice song, and it's a movie I like you guys. I still need to see it. I, I really do want to. But yeah, I think it's a pretty cool song. What's your uh, What's your favorite of these, and what do you think is going to win? Well, <clears throat> I just picked one at random because I know nothing about Oscars, and <laughs> I seem to be really bad at picking things that I think are going to win for Oscar nominations. So I picked the Elton John one. Maybe I'll go back and revisit that list, but this one might be my favorite. Nice. Mikey? Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I'm not in love with any of them too much. I like the <laughs> 1917 theme. I mean, just because there's no lyrics. And I think the bathroom dance Joker I was just talking about songs. We'll play the scores here in a second. Oh. Uh, What I think is going to win? Probably. I mean, I would guess it would be something that's closest to being on the radio, and I'd say that's the Rocket Man song. I don't know. I have heard it on the radio. They played on uh, Sirius a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really do not listen to music soundtracks <laughs> at all, though. <laughs> Josh? Uh, I gotta say, Stand Up here has got my head nodding a little bit. By far my favorite out of these ones. Love the use of the gospel uh, choir kind of sound, too. Um, that said, I do think I'm Gonna Love Me Again is gonna win. I just think it plays on a lot of self-care, self-love things that are really popular and Honestly, it sounds a lot like Generationals. Check them out. They have a couple really popular songs the last couple years. So the song is, quote, hip. It has a good message for 2020. It's going to win. Elton John. Josh, you're out of touch. <laughs> it's good timing there on, this, on the track as that fades out. But let's, uh, let's move on to the original score, uh, starting with my favorite movie of the year, Alexandre Desplat's uh, Little Women. Let's start with the track uh, Little Women from Little Women. Brett, I know you love this movie as much as I did. Like I said, this is my favorite movie of the year. Uh, what stood out to you from Little Women? Uh, well, I mean, it depends if Josh lets me have an opinion on it or not. Um, I thought the acting was really good. Uh, I love Sir, uh, Sir Sir Ronan and uh, I don't know I thought it was pre- pretty well done my boy Timothy was a stud just really well uh, puts you kind of in the time of the little women in the late 1800s or whatever it is and it wasn't very preachy just kind of told the story and stuck with it yeah that was real interesting Brett can you guys just picture all those <laughs> little women just running around you know what I'm saying you're supposed to be it's not just because there's no lyrics it's supposed to be background to the visuals it's I don't know when I'm thinking of the soundtrack to movies and it's just like a call and response I mean like we're going to get to these other Randy Newman songs or like these other Randy Newman songs and it's just like is this a cartoon like should I be watching a <laughs> guy waving to when this trumpet is blaring its horn or something (laughs) yeah i kind of see what you mean i mean i think they are written that way right there's there's like usually temp music put on the movie and then a composer watches it and puts on movie that fits the scene i think 
I mean, I'm no expert. And it's not stuff that you would sit down and just like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. It's like... Unless it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles score from uh, 1990. (laughs) This is is bullcrap. And actually, I'm dragging this song to my master playlist right now because I like this. And I want to hear it while I'm driving or while I'm studying or while I'm working. It's a great song. While you're writing a novel. I didn't say it's a bad song. It's just like... Yeah, I like this plot. He, uh... 12-time nominee. Uh, we covered him on Grand Budapest Hotel before. One for The Shape of Water. Um, let's fade out Little Women and let's uh, queue up the next one real quick. Uh, this is It's Romance. But like I said, yeah, Little Women was my favorite movie of the year. Corey, I'm curious. Uh, we talked about doing a top 10 show, but we're probably not going to have time to, to pull it off. But what was your favorite movie of the year? Or your favorite few, if you have a list? Uh, my favorite one was definitely The Lighthouse. Now, <clears throat> last time we talked, I hadn't seen Little Women. I saw it the other day. I really liked it. It's a very nice movie. Um, I, I mean, I guess I can talk about that separately, but The Lighthouse is definitely like a, a Corey-style movie. It's like very dark and insane, and there's a lot of uh, like themes of like alcoholism, I feel, in the movie, <clears throat> which always draws me in. And uh, yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> A stark contrast from Little Women here <laughs> in every aspect. Little Women's nice. I almost picked it up last night. I saw it at the store. I was like, ooh, that looks pretty good. But I didn't grab it. Maybe that was a mistake. The Lighthouse, number 247. We did an episode on that. Jordan and I did. Yeah, it's just a nice movie. I just like Little Women. It made me happy. Yeah, I usually don't like these cutesy movies like this. They usually kind of annoy the shit out of me, actually. But, I mean, this one is just so well executed, and it, it's it's a good story. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that, that closes the book on Little Women. Mikey, you hinted at it earlier. Here's Randy Newman's uh, second track on this list, uh, What I Love About Nicole. Brett, I was shocked to learn this. The Newmans are the preeminent Oscar family with 93 nominations between them. We did the every Oscar Best Picture winner movie, so I know that you have reference for the Oscars. Did you Did you know that at all? I was shocked. I just looked up that Thomas Newman is cousins with Randy Newman, and they have a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. I did not know that at all. Randy Newman's dad was a big composer and had a bunch of Oscar nominations, but yeah. It's, oh, wow. Definitely didn't know that. That's cool. crazy. It's almost like Hollywood has a nepotism problem or something. Well, I think they I probably... I mean, they still got to have talent. good, yes. What do you think about this song, Mikey? You like it? This is the call and response that you said was cartoony. This is from uh, Marriage, right? Marriage Story? Yeah, Marriage yeah. Story. When I was listening to it, all I could think about is just like Woody walking around Andy's room, <laughs> waving to all the different toys. That's what it sounds like to me, but I don't know. I didn't watch Marriage Story. I didn't watch a lot of these movies. I can't honestly. believe. Oh, I just saw that. I can't believe you haven't watched Marriage Story yet. What I love it's about Nicole, song. she listens to people when someone is talking. I can't really picture how it would fit into the, what I, the clips I've seen about Marriage Story. It doesn't seem like a song that would fit. Isn't this the one where Adam Driver is crying and screaming and yelling? I, you can picture it's right here. That's, no, that's Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, 
<laughs> Why do you call it that? God damn it! <laughs> I know. All right, let's let's fade that out. Let's get at the second one up here. Uh, this is called "What I Love About Charlie." Brett, uh, we talked about again. There's so many so many episodes we didn't do. We didn't have time to yeah. do. We I wanted to do one on Marriage Story, but time didn't permit. Let's quick, let's get your thoughts on it real quick. You you love this movie as much as I did, right? Yeah, I thought this was an awesome movie. I found myself thinking about it like days after watching it and trying to break it down and man, I just it was like gut-wrenching but like really awesome. I thought it was really cool. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Maybe one of the definitely one of the best of the year as well. I really hated Noah Baumbach, and all I have to do is listen to our uh, Makeowitz stories, Makeowish stories episode on that. Mayerowitz. 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 And <laughs> I like going to this movie, and then you find out that they're like a director and an actor. It's like Jesus Christ, like how pretentious can you get? And it ended up being my favorite movie of the year. And then this husband and wife team ended up making my two favorite movies of the year. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, have you seen Marriage Story yet? Yeah, I did see it. Uh, shortly after you guys started talking about it a lot in the thread, I, I thought it was okay. I I didn't love it like most people do. I don't know, just didn't didn't quite do it for me. It's you know, there's good performances, but I wasn't super drawn into the divorce story. Not that interesting to me. But the memes, though, the memes. Yeah, you got a lot of good content. Just Adam Driver crying. <laughs> I got some good memes out of it. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's divorce ourselves from marriage story. Let's get into, like I said, another uh, Newman family special. Uh, this is the 1917 score, the track 1917, composed by Thomas Newman. Mike, you saw 1917, right? Yep. I thought it was one of the... I put it in, like, my top five. I think it might win Best Picture. It's a heavy favorite, right, Pat? It's the... It's that or Parasite in 1917's winning all the precursors. Well, I I checked the odds last week, and it was way ahead Mm -hmm. after it won the... 1917 seems like a much safer pick than Parasite. I think 1917 ended up being my favorite movie of the, uh, of the year. The ruin scene, I think, is my favorite scene of anything from the year. It's you guys so know what I'm good. talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's so tense mm-hmm. and intense. This is my like number one film that I've been trying and failing to see, including one time showing up at uh, Encore Theater and having the wrong time, so having to leave. Oh, oh no! Dang. But- dang. Is it as cinematic as I think it's going to be? Like, I'm thinking of that scene with that plane coming up over the ridge. Um, oh, yes. that's a good one. That's probably I my favorite I think it's as cinematic scene. as you think it's going to be. I love the. I think the scene of the year in movies was uh, him running. But, I mean, it's been heavily shown on. Pep showed the, uh, like, him running along the, the front. Mm-hmm. Gosh dang it. And all the bombs are blowing up behind him. Let's uh let's get the next track up yeah. real quick too. This is While sixteen sixteen hundred men uh from the same. This one's a little bit. I longer. would say yes, Josh. By the way, yeah. What do you guys think about the unbroken shot effect? It's kind of 
gimmicky, but I also love it <laughs> at the same time. I mean, the first time I saw it was in Children of Men, and I loved that. And I was waiting for someone to do a whole movie like this. And I'm sure it's been done before, but not to this kind of scale. And it's it's amazing what it looks like in the finished product. It's incredibly impressive. Never seen anything like it on this scale. It's just like, yeah, it's a sight to behold. It just I can't even imagine what it's like to make a movie that's supposed to be set up this way. It's got to take so much memorization and coordination and just like it's such a, a task to make a movie that way. You have to be like so good that you've done so much that's like, oh, I guess I'll just try this really hard thing now. Tap, the, the ruined scene you're talking about, like when it's like night and the fires are... Everything's kind of in shadow or orange. It looks, I just thought it looked so cool. Mm-hmm. I think there were maybe bombs or fires or something going on, and it was just really, really creepy. It's my That's my favorite scene of the whole year, and I, I think about it all the time. And I think that this, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that 2019 is like a top two or one years of yeah. movies ever. Like, mm-hmm. By I, I was looking at this like letter, but letterbox is definitely like a specific set of you know community. It's very kind of film Twitter oriented. But it, this is the second highest like rated year for best picture nominees behind like 1977, um, which is a seventy seven or seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah seventy five is stacked. But I don't know, Brett. Is this the best year in movies? I didn't want to believe it because I'm a big 2014 guy, but top end this has been probably the best i mean nine for nine on best pictures for me i thought they were all awesome so yes i guess even the superhero fair i thought was like outstanding like endgame you know what i mean like yeah totally wow i wish i watched more movies this year i really dropped off i was like this is not a great year for movies for me personally <laughs> i was just like there wasn't anything that really interested me i got parasite sitting over there so i might watch that tonight but um yeah i just wasn't too interested in stuff this year. you seem like you'd like ford versus ferrari i'm surprised you haven't watched that is that nominated for best pick though yes yeah. it is wow i mean it's still in theater i might go Watch, I, I also have it if you want it. You, I would definitely see it in theaters though if you could. The sound yeah. design is so good; it's amazing. But okay, but that's the second best car movie that has a FF alliteration. So how good can it be? Oh god! Yeah, how many Nos tanks are in Ford versus Ferrari? I need Nos. <laughs> that made me cringe, Josh. But that was a really, really nice joke. That's good. I'm looking now, and uh, this is part of Universal Pictures, so we better stop playing this music because oh, yeah. that's oh, who oh, gave us the strike oh, oh. Uh, last time. And we'll get into a movie that we already covered uh, on spoilers, Joker. Uh, does anybody know how to say this composer's name? It's a, it's a lady. Yep. And uh, this first track is called Bathroom Dance. <laughs> I wish that was on the Oscar-nominated score. <laughs> so, in doing a comparison, what do you guys think of the Joker dancing in the 89 Batman versus the 2019? Uh, is he Nicholson? in 2019? Is he dancing to Prince? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Yeah. So, the answer is 89. Okay. 
Well, that solves that. I see this. Uh, this I think this song is that like great at building tension, and that scene is definitely weird. Uh, the bathroom dance scene, and it is pretty tense. Um, and it just reminds me a lot of like the Inception soundtrack. It does a lot of uh, Hans Zimmer, uh, yeah, Ish. chords, strings. I don't know. It sounds really good to me. What's the bathroom dance scene? Uh, I think he just killed some guy, and then he runs into the bathroom, and then he's just like, oh, now I'm going full Joker. Yeah. After his first kill, he kind of, like, escapes, and in the bathroom, he, like, really relishes the kill. He, like, gets a chance to, like, relax and sit on it, and he's <clears throat> he's really, you know, turning into this lunatic where he's... I don't know, I think it's a quite nice scene. It's like he's, like, soaking it all in. And surprisingly few women composers who have ever been nominated for Oscars. Let's go ahead and uh, fade out Bathroom Dance and get the next one up here. Uh, This is called Call Me Joker. I just met you. My name's Joker. (laughs) (laughs) When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Kylo? <laughs> yeah, Corey. I want to get your thoughts on Joker. I I want to reiterate what I said on that podcast number two forty three that we did. Like, I think it's a pretty good superhero movie wrapped in like amazing cinematography, amazing score, amazing direction, and I feel like it's held to an unfair standard by a lot of people who think it's just terrible. One because of like the media controversy that like Todd like Todd Phillips said and. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just getting a bad, bad rap. I thought it was a really solid movie. I think that was a bunch of bullshit that got kind of brushed aside pretty quickly because there was no yep. like terrorism attacks based on this movie and nothing like right. that. So I think that got kind of flushed away, which is good. Um, one nitpick I had about the Joker episode is that it's not a superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was always wanted to say that to you guys because, I mean, there's no superheroes in it. But the movie feels like a graphic novel come to life. Yes. And it's awesome. It's like, this feels exactly like what a a graphic novel reads like in a lot of ways. And it's it's just really cool. I know that some of the hardcore comic fans don't like this movie because the common complaint is, well, he's not the Joker, right? Because it's not the classic traditional Joker. But I think that's okay, considering... I mean, if you just look at comics of how many different iterations of the Joker there are, I think at one time there was, like, three Jokers in one timeline. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter too much. It's just a beautiful movie, I think, with an excellent performance. The number one complaint I heard, uh, at least personally, is that the Joker is known pretty much for two things. One is he's psychotic. This movie got that kind of down. And that he's, two, he's brilliant in this movie... He's the exact opposite. He's like stupid. So I think that's. I know that took like my. It took Britney out of the movie. Him just being so dumb. So if you're looking at the Joker dumb, as the Batman smart. villain, he is definitely more diabolical and scheming. But this isn't playing to that. You know, he's not. No, I know. Yeah. It didn't bother me. It's just I, that's, I've heard that from other people who said it took them out of it. Fair enough. But. Yeah. The number one complaint that I've heard is that the movie, and I talked about this on the episode, that the movie thinks it's smarter than it is but like 
I mean, at a very simplistic level, I think all it's, you know, it's like public health care good or healthcare good. Like, how is that any different than Jojo Rabbit Nazis bad? It seems pretty, pretty simplistic. But Josh, we don't want to talk too much about the music. What do you think about this, uh, this track? Just letting it boil there for a second for you. Nice. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, it's sweeping. It's dark. It gets you in the mood of the Joker pretty well. Um, this is not one that I'm adding to my playlist. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a downer. <laughs> yeah, it goes from Little Women straight to Call Me Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no women bustling around the house with this song. Uh, all right, well let's let's get to our last track uh, here. This is from uh, newcomer on the scene uh this is the score to rise of the skywalker this is john williams and our first track joe. is who uh joe williams james williams something like that joan joan williams oh. and this is journey to exegol Corey, are you familiar with joan williams he's an up-and-comer i think this guy's okay. really gonna go places in the music scene yeah. as far as movies are concerned uh he's doing a lot of great things out there I think he sucks. I think he's not going to make it. <laughs> I've never heard anything like this sound either. I do this every year, part 15, rule A, and it's still in there. I checked the uh, official rules of the Oscars this year. An original score is a substantial body of music that serves as dramatic underscoring as written specifically for the motion picture by the submitting composer. So, you know, it's not like he has this... I feel like John Williams just has like all of his little... Uh, Star Wars like clips and he just like kind of pastes them together and like makes a <laughs> makes a song. Do you think it's BS that it's allowed to be yes nominated again? I do. Be- yeah, because The Godfather wasn't nominated because there was some little snippet from an old Italian song or something that was in it, and they said it disqualified him. So, huh. and that's one of the most famous scores ever. I mean, like all of these horn keys, Corey. Like, there's some classic Star Wars in here right like not to mention the finale which we'll get to but yeah i mean it really sets the star wars mood um i mean all of john williams scores are great even in a lot of cases it's the best thing about the star wars movie especially for the prequels that's that's what keeps me engaged and i quite like this one too yeah it's good well the next one that we'll listen to the finale even more so than this one i feel like why do you even need John Williams to make that? Just get like girl talk. It's just a mix of his old songs. Yeah. Girl Purely. talk. Shut up and play the hits. <laughs> All right, let's get let's go ahead and get to the finale now. We'll fade out on the journey to Exegol and pull up uh finale. Yeah, I mean I don't want to don't get me wrong, I like the score. I think the score is literally one of the best parts of Star Wars like full stop like in any star wars thing but it just doesn't deserve to be nominated for an oscar again for this theme again but it's so beautiful pappy (laughs) okay how many times is this are, are we just saying it's how many times has this specific song been nominated like this beginning whatever this beginning part of the song is called and the second years. part, and the third part. Uh, well, if we're going to name the song, I guess we'll just name it from the beginning of the song, whatever that beginning part. How many times has that beginning track been nominated? <clears throat> There's been a few versions of that Binary Sunset song, but I, I don't know how many times it's been nominated. 
What about this Rebel Alliance song that starts at about 40 seconds? I love this bit. I feel like I just got off the ride Star Tours at Disneyland because this is the one that's <laughs> playing when you get off. <laughs> yeah, this is just one guy fading from one track to the next. John yeah, Williams like, didn't even come in this day. Should be like best recycled score. I mean, it sounds really cool, but it's, it's I don't know. I can't add anything else that you guys haven't already said. It's like editing 10 different things into one song. So sounds good, but it's kind of crap that it's nominated again, but whatever. He's really old. 52 nominations for Williams. The second most of any human ever, most of any living person behind Walt Disney's 59. But do you consider that with an asterisk since this is so blatantly against the rules? Yeah. The thing about John <laughs> Williams is like he's so old and I don't even know if he's like creatively capable of making like, you know, something as good as Star Wars, but like it is also cool. He's like for a fact probably the greatest ever. You know what I mean? Like it's arguable if the greatest director is working now or the greatest cinematographer or anything, but like He's pretty inarguably the greatest composer, and he's still making new music. Which hasn't he been? I don't want to start a fight, but hasn't he been accused of? Uh, yeah, stealing stealing other people's work. The Jaws one is pretty egregious. Yeah, I'm not even saying it's like his fault that he's nominated. Obviously, he has to keep those like thematic uh, theme sounds or whatever throughout, like yeah, the movies. Series, like, yeah, but I mean, it's not his fault that he gets nominated for this YouTube compilation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it does serve the movie because it is the fin- it is the final trilogy of the final trilogies. It's like a finale within a finale. I get it. But I think we're all just kind of a little butthurt that it's even like up for this award. Nah, I'm not. It's, Don't worry. Yeah. I'm good with it. I mean, it's the final movie of the best trilogy of the series. I mean, what are you going to... How can you complain that much? It's anarchy. Do they it's usually treason? Uh, it's treason, then. <laughs> <laughs> Do they usually double up so much on these movies? A lot of these have like two noms. Well, this is just—I just pulled a sample from uh, each of the scores. There's five scores, yeah. Yeah, but I'm looking now at oddschecker.com. I don't even see odds for. Rise of the Skywalker to bet on Marriage Story. I know how to do these, Brett. Marriage Story is plus 3,330. Little Women's plus 1,200. 1917 is a little bit closer there, plus 240. And the favorite is Joker at minus 300. So, Brett, oh, really? what do you, what's your favorite of these scores? And what do you think is going to win? Oh, man. Uh, I probably like 1917. But, I mean... Joker's just as good to me, so I'm say Joker would probably win. Yeah, I think Little Women's probably my favorite, but I think they're gonna give it to Joker, especially for the chance to give it to a woman. But I'm not not even trying to be mean. There's a good chance a lot of people who vote on this might look at that name and not even realize that's a woman's right, name. So not, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much it's gonna play in to to help her. Corey, what about you? Favorite and what do you think is going to win? Uh, well, you know, I quite like this John Williams stuff, but as far as, <laughs> as far as what I think is going to win, um, I, I'd say probably 1917 or Joker. They're pretty strong. Um, I'd probably lean more towards Joker. Mikey, how about you for a score? Uh, favorite and winner. 
yeah, I agree with both of you guys. 1917 and Joker both are so good at like creating tension, mm-hmm. especially for those movies. Um, you guys like Joker? I'll, I'll say 1917, but those are my one and two. Uh, Josh. I think that the Joker, I, I see how that's fitting the mood of the movie. Like I understand that really well, but substance wise for stuff that doesn't have lyrics, I think the marriage story stuff is stronger. And I think the little women stuff is even stronger than that. So I guess I hope little women stuff wins. I really did drag the song little women to my favorite playlist. So it's in there. Uh, I'll just go with John Williams, though. He'll win because he's so old. That's my official guess. <laughs> so love old it. and legendary, he'll win. Josh, you live in a house with little women, so you probably loved it. Yeah, Aww. I'm going to play that song and make a time lapse <laughs> of my girls just running around the house for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't wait for that to get Oscar nominated for Best Documentary Short. But yeah, thank you <laughs> for listening. Uh, Josh, We got what do we have coming up? We have Forrest Gump on the horizon. Yeah, we have Forrest Gump, and we're going to have a Pick'em show, which you teased a little bit, right? Right, and I think there's some Punishment movies, uh, too. Probably going to yeah. come up pretty soon. What month of the year do we focus on Punishment movies? <laughs> March Madness for Punishment movies. <laughs> yeah, just after the Oscars die down. What's the first Punishment movie we got going? 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> Never seen it, but it sounds good. I'll watch it with you, Josh. Not with you. <laughs> Holding each other, Bubba and Forrest oh style. Well, the, the crazy thing is, this is based on a really old novel that you can't believe someone thought of back in the 1700s or whatever was written. Well, can't wait to hear Josh break all of those facts about the days of Sodom down. Thank you for listening to our third annual Oscar music show. Take it away, Spoilerman. Spoilerman here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. You guys got anything planned for the big game? Work. I probably won't watch. Work and then I come home and watch it with Brittany. Pat's not even going to watch. Pat, what are you going to do? Might go on a hike. That sounds oh, awful. You know, it's I a mean, good time to go out and be out there. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'll be at work, so I probably won't watch either. I never watch, though, but... Dude, Mikey, tonight's the night at work where you can do anything, because no one's going to be watching your channel. I don't know, no one's watching. Yeah. I, we're going off air, boys. I'm calling it now. You could just show episodes thinking... of spoilers. <laughs> just throw up the YouTube thumbnail. Yeah. Especially the one where I said the C word really loud. <laughs> Pirate radio. <laughs> I texted Josh. I'm like, should I beep that out? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Do 
dude. <laughs> it, it stays in. 